Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Let me let me move some stuff from my bed real quick. Okay. Well, anyway, you said one sec. Gotta make it look like I got a cleaner room than I do. Right. Know? Boom. It's all out of frame. That's how you do that. I like that. You've got the drones in the back. You got the little drones over your shoulder. That's like a really nice artistic touch. I know. I just wanted to look good for you, man. Same with the the towels over your shoulder or the you jackets. Very athletic. You've got boxing gloves and some helmets and all those things in the back. And I got a beanie. I'm like the, I'm like a uh, less douchey Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. I, on the other hand, look like a hobo who's squatting in some. This like looks a little bit like a terrorist video with the overhead light. Yeah. But what can you do? Looking good, dude. So that right there is what we call bad radio, with my good friend Jarrett Nixon. He is the guest on today's episode of Destination Different. Episode number nine, I believe. Jared is an old friend who has just recently quit his job, and he has now uh, started his own media company called Nix Media. I actually give him quite the resounding intro while I was talking to him, so I'm going to keep this one short and sweet and tell you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Jared Nixon. This week, we welcome to the show, to Destination Different, Jarrett Nixon, who is the, I believe you're going by the title of Chief Creative Director, Creative Director of Nix Media, founder, all of that good stuff. Um, and so Jarrett and I go back a little ways now, probably probably two years or so. Um, we met, I believe in Bulgaria, mm-hmm. Um and we crossed paths on the on the pro- travel program that I was doing called Remote Year, and Jarrett was working for the program, um, and so he you know, worked in that role for I think probably almost three three years, right? Yep, close to and, three years. Yeah, and you had been traveling for like upwards of five years, kind of living abroad, um, and just recently uh, quit your job with Remote Year to move back to Denver and start up your own video company. So it's called Nix Media. Can you give us just a little bit of a, of a high-level summary of like what is Nix Media? I know you're kind of doing videography work for, um, for a number of different clients, but kind of explain the, explain the concept to everyone. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Nix Media, uh, right now it's just me. So it's a single-member LLC starting very small, but um, hoping to build it out into a larger visual media agency. So what we do is sort of help clients with uh, elevating their brand through video production. Uh, so a lot of focus too is helping curate those videos that you might find on a about us page, you know, when you click on their website. Uh, and, and a big focus for our approach is just through storytelling because a lot of times you might get good looking visuals, but it doesn't really have any sort of impact or effect on 
potential clients or leads. And uh, my background being in sales with remote year, I like to kind of bring that strategic approach uh, when working with businesses as well. So, you know, helping them find new leads, um, drive revenue, essentially do whatever they want to do. I mean, I eventually want to get more into music videos and then eventually uh, feature film production, but that's kind of a, l- a little bit further down the road. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the business model so far. Okay. So that's exciting. And I, I, I didn't want to jump right into this, but I, I haven't asked anybody about this and I think it's kind of like an important sticking point, especially for people starting a business. And it, it often probably gets like overlooked and, you know, you come up with the logo and the website and all of that. But can you talk a little bit about actually forming like an LLC and what went into, you know, creating like to make it make this thing official? Um, sure. It's something I know I have not done with like YoPro and I've always, you know, I, I need to make money <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah. But I'm curious, like how that process was for you and you kind of how you like navigated that whole thing. Sure. Uh, it, it actually wasn't too bad. It was something I was kind of dreading. I'd never started an LLC before. Um, so I, I just chatted with some folks who had built their own, got some advice in terms of what to do, what not to do. Do I want to be a sole proprietor? Do I want to be S Corp, C Corp? Um, but right now, just starting small with a single, a single member LLC. Uh, and pretty much, I mean, I, I registered it in Colorado. So basically went to the Colorado Secretary of State website, uh, made sure that there was no other Nick's Media LLC, did some research into the name uh, and to see if it was something that I could use. And then once I registered that, they sent me some form that I filled out and paid, I forget how much it was, 70 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. They sent me some sort of other form that I have filed away somewhere. Um, and then I just went to the irs.gov website and had to get a EIN number. So that way, when I do billings and things like that, uh, I can give them a W nine form. But yeah, actually, it actually wasn't too bad. It was fairly fairly straightforward. So, do you have like a bank account that is like a Nix Media LLC (laughs) bank account? I do, I do, Ryan. Yeah, it's not just a a, you know shoebox of money under the bed. But yeah, Uh, I I went. So after I did that first, yeah. So first was Secretary of State, then IRS, and then I just went to Chase Bank, um, opened up a business checking and savings, um, which was fairly straightforward as well. So it seems like it's it's easier than I've made it out to be in my brain. Yeah, I thought it was going to be way. It's really not bad at all. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So you're like officially official now. You can accept payments from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe to take a little bit of a step back here, like you're really only, you've been in business now. Um, you know, you've been About making videos months. for a long time. But yeah, like actually like officially in business. What did you say, four months? About four or five months, yeah. Okay. And so... Um, you know, you, you jumped all into this, you kind of quit your job. Um, and we're like, I'm going to go all in on, on Nick's media. And so talk a little bit about that transition and what, what prompted it? Did it, was it one particular moment of like, yep, I got to do this. I got to do this now. Was it something that sort of gradually built for you over time of like this itch to create your own thing? Um, how did that all come to be? Yeah. Well, so backing up a little bit, um, to give you the long, uh, I'll do a condensed uh, story, but basically after college, I ended up uh, moving to Italy and, and sort of wound up in the travel industry by accident. Um, I was doing this internship with a company that runs student tours there. So I was a tour guide uh, for about two and a half years and then eventually moved up to a sales manager for, for the Florence branch. Um, but while I was living in Italy, uh, I would bring my DSLR camera with me on all the trips that we would do and just was kind of capturing different moments from the travels. Uh, at the time, I didn't have a drone or any of that. Um, and I found that, you know, after a few years of doing that, I had all this footage that I hadn't really done a whole lot with. So I started repurposing it for advertisements for the company I was with, um, and just my own fun little travel recaps. Um, 
And then from there, moved over to remote year. So this was about 2016, I switched mm -hmm. over. And with remote year, I kind of continued that same trend where I was working remotely full time, new country each month. Um, but at the same time, I always loved making videos on the side. And as a kid, I always wanted to be a film director ever since I saw the Lord of the Rings movies. I had those box sets where you could see like the behind the scenes of how those movies were made. Yep. And I always thought that was super interesting. Now, Way more interesting than most real movies. Yeah. And so it just, I love that camaraderie aspect of they were filming in New Zealand and it just seemed like a good group of people. And I loved watching movies and was involved in theater as a kid. So I knew in the back of my mind, I always enjoyed that, but sort of got, I don't want to say sidetracked, but you know, got more in the business world with, with sales and just mm -hmm. general, general roles that you have there, management, things like that. Life yeah. were great just because I had that experience. You know, I didn't go to film school, anything there. Um, but yeah, so after about yeah three years of remote year, I moved. I decided I was going to move out to Denver because in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to start my own business. I wasn't a hundred percent sure exactly what it would be, but I had an idea it'd be something to do with video production. And after about four months living out here, I was trying to juggle both of doing work for remote year and try to find new clients and do videos and get that rolling. And there's a few months of just something's got to give my mm -hmm. remote year work was slipping a little bit. My video work wasn't really doing anything. So I decided, okay, got to sort of go all in and, and just made the decision to step aside from my role there. And had a, I had an amazing time at remote year too. So it was nothing where I was dissatisfied with that. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was a great end there, but I just kind of wanted to take that leap of faith and see what would happen. And I don't think I would have had the courage to do that if I didn't meet so many amazing people through remote year mm -hmm. who had started their own businesses and sort of talk through maybe how they did it. Because um, throughout college and right after college, that was never really a thought. It was more, how can I find a traditional job? I wanted to work yeah. in advertising, things of this nature. So, so yeah, that's kind of the roundabout answer for you. I like that. I like that. And you, so you said, you know, you were kind of inspired by these other people and that is a little bit of the purpose of this show is kind of these people who are, who are doing these non-traditional things and starting their own businesses. So do you have any, any mentors or uh, particular creators or videographers or people that you've looked up to or kind of leaned on for advice as you've gotten this thing going? Sure. Well, I think I have mentors in the sense of um, let's say like actual friends that I look up to and can chat with. And then there's other people who I look up to from a creative standpoint and sort yeah. of watch what they did. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say one of them is, is one of my good friends, Zach Boyette, who, who runs his own business. I, I don't know if you met Zach or not, yeah, yeah. but he runs a huge marketing agency now and, uh, he's graduated around the same time I did, uh, this was college in 2014 and, um, his company's huge now. I, I forget, I think uh, several close to 150 employees or something wow. like that, but it was cool seeing him manage that and run that. And we were traveling together and watching him do all this while mm -hmm. on the road was pretty inspiring. And, um, I think there's other countless other people along remote year, um, you know, at the top of my head, I can't think of, but as far as creative inspiration, do you know who Rory Kramer is? Have you ever heard of him? No, I don't think so. Well, he, he's a guy, he did filming for people like Justin Bieber, the chain smokers came across them, basically toured the world with them and created videos that were behind the scenes, look into the day to day life. And, I've always loved content that gets people inspired. That's sort of what I've always tried to make mine is something that's not too cheesy, but it makes you want to get up and do something. Um, and for him, that was sort of a stylistic guy I could look up to in terms of what he created. Um, and, and he is leading this amazing life, creating content and doing his own thing. So he's definitely a, a big role model of mine. That's cool. That's cool. And 
I guess part of, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk to you a little bit is, you know, you make, you make this transition and you kind of go into this full-time world and you, know, you had actually built up a, what seemed like a pretty impressive portfolio of you know, content already prior to like jumping into this full time. But so now that you've you know, gone into this of like building this as a business and trying to get paying clients, how have you started to go about, you know, turning it into a business and like, you know, pitching clients and, and getting business and, you know, meeting people who are going to pay you and not just kind of making videos uh, for your own. Yeah. Good out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And that was definitely one of the things that I wanted to make sure I focused on before I did it. Um, and that was one of the things when I, I think I called up my dad when I told him I was quitting remote year and he was, I'm sure like terrified, like, what are you going to do? How are you going to actually earn money? Cause you know, they'd see my videos, but none of them were big projects for clients. And the thing that was, has been the most helpful for me has been sales experience. And I never wanted to be someone really who, who got into sales, but it just was what I ended up doing. I like working with people and I like talking with them. And a lot of sales is sort of listening to people's needs and finding mm -hmm. out a way to see how you can help them. And that helped tremendously, at least initially in terms yeah. of, okay, going into meetings prepared to, you know, I want to come away ideally with a closed deal or a signed contract, something like that. But knowing how to talk to them, how to price projects is something that took me a little bit of time to figure out and feel comfortable throwing out a number of X amount of dollars for a video project that I haven't actually delivered something like that before. Right. Uh, and that, that was, that was definitely, it was intimidating. It was something I had, I've, I've had a lot of confidence that I can make it work. And I think that is something that's pretty huge. I think is just knowing that you will make it work where you can say, Hey, this is the price I charge for a video that I know I can produce, but I've never done it before. So, and are you pulling those numbers completely out of your ass? Are you like this no, video no. is going to cost you five grand because I say <laughs> this. like, how, how are you somewhat getting in the ballpark of what those numbers are? Yeah, it's, I, I, I did a bunch of research into how other people uh, in this industry charge and what model I want to use. Some people do hourly rates, mm -hmm. shooting hourly rates, editing. Some people charge for all the various equipment they might need to rent and do things like that. I've sort of just made a simplified version where charge a, a day rate, for example, of shooting and then a day rate for editing, and that's yeah. pretty much it. So now I know for a project, okay, this is what I would imagine how many days it would take to shoot this, and then this yeah. is how many days I think would ed it would take to edit. And if I need any extra help or extra hands on deck, um, you know, might need to, to add those into the proposal. But right. I keep all the pricing generally the same. I mean, it is important as well to know your client. So I've done things for much lower prices for projects that just interested me personally. Yep. As opposed to, you know, if it's a bigger client and it's a project that I know just it's going to help pay the bills, then you can, you can price it slightly differently. Yep. But I try to keep it pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. And, and are you seeking out particular types of clients at this point? Or is it like, come one, come all, anybody, I'll make <laughs> you a video at this, at this well, point. It, it's come one, come, come all. I mean, I think the first month too, I felt like a little bit of a fraud because I was doing things like just editing for friends on, I don't know, just random stuff that didn't feel business oriented. And yeah, uh, the first time I felt like, okay, I actually have something going was month two where I got a project with Denver startup week that partnered yep. with Chase bank. 
which was a lot of fun. So that shoot was the first time where I went in and, you know, hey, I'm the creative director, Jarrett, and got to actually sit on set and direct them behind the camera. And then I brought in another uh, collaborator, his name's Austin, who helped me. And it just, that was the first time it felt like, okay, this is actually something, you know, and, mm-hmm. and build up that confidence to, to bring that to future shoots. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fun to do. But yeah, the fir- first month or so, you're going to, I think, deal with a lot of that of imposter syndrome, so to say. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, do you have a, is there, you said you want to do music videos and kind of get into the world of feature film, but in, in this current world that you live in right now, or maybe not, is there, is there a client or a video project that you'd be like, that is the dream. That's what I want to work on that you've kind of like set out as like the bar of where you want to, where you want to achieve. Absolutely. So yeah, so I'm big into adventure outdoors, things of that nature. Um, So I would love to start getting more into branded content for companies like the North Face or Patagonia or Yeti coolers where they send you to great locations to film projects that are not necessarily just a direct commercial, but they build brand awareness in an intriguing way. Uh, Cause you know, we talked previously about the rickshaw run you know, yeah. I've always enjoyed filming adventures of that nature. So I would love to continue traveling uh, and combining that with this business as well. And I'm hoping it can be something I can do fully remote. Um, so yeah, I mean, but to, to again, answer your question, I'll, I'll work with anybody and everybody, uh, no matter the client, but uh, focusing a lot on the Denver area at the moment and small, medium businesses who have a, a little bit of a marketing budget to play with and um, really looking to just grow out their their name um, in a way because video can can do so much, you know, get shared on social media, things like that. I, I have, I've said to all the guests on the show so far that they have to give me their, their dream client, their dream account, because they're going to speak it into existence and maybe somebody will be listening to this that says, Hey, I know the guy who does the marketing at North face. I'm going to put him in touch with Jarrett and then I'll take my like 20% commission off the top. Of All right. We got it. We got it uh, in recording right here. So uh, I like, I like that. So that's, I'm just doing that because I'm hoping at some point one of my guests will land. A I game. see your business model now. Yeah. You you just want to know everyone's clients and then any future work they get, you get a cut of it. That's it's a really, really long tail business strategy. Like <laughs> I don't think it has a lot of, a lot of money in it, but you never, I just need to hit one and that's yeah. all that matters. You got it, man. I think it's a great strategy. So what I also am interested out of you, especially in, and I think it's interesting for people who you know, are are going down the creative path is that you are completely self-taught. Like you didn't go to film school. You have kind of just like taken an interest in this. And it's something that, um, that you've taught yourself. And my guest last week, this guy, Michael Penda, same thing. Like he was working in media planning and then all of a sudden was like, you know, I like to doodle. I'm crafty, you know, and all of a sudden now he's like doing fantastic as like a brand freelance designer. And how, like, how did you get into the, the filmmaking thing? Were you doing it from like the time you were a kid? And like, how have you learned the intricacies? Cause like, it's not like a simple thing. Like, yes, you can point and shoot a camera, but like, there's so much that goes into that and the editing. How have you taught yourself all of that? Yeah. Uh, luckily we grew up in this age now where you can find anything you need on YouTube. Um, I mean, as a kid, when I was eight or nine, I, um, I used my mom or dad's old uh, eight millimeter video camera mm-hmm. and would make all sorts of funny videos. One of, I used to do it under the name Pluff Mud Productions because I lived in South Carolina and Pluff Mud is like that marsh mud that you have. Oh. So my cousin Campbell uh, was into it at the time as well in terms of just filming funny content. If I look back on it now, it'd probably be pretty cringeworthy. 
Uh, but why is your company not named Pluff Mud Productions? You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll go through a rebrand one of these days. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but that was that was originally I would do things under Pluff Mud Productions. So I learned a little bit about video video editing back then. Um, but the majority of it is like uh, I, I use everything in Adobe Creative Cloud, and uh, if it's something that I can't do, you can pretty much search YouTube. Mm-hmm. Luckily, through networks like Remote Year, for example, there's so many other talented filmmakers out there. Um, like one of the guys, uh, I should give a shout out to as well as Eddie Contento. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you chatted with him, but he was actually one of the reasons I was inspired to do remote year was watching his videos. And, uh, I originally wanted to be the videographer for remote year, yeah. applied, didn't get the job. And then they offered me a job in sales. So in a roundabout way, it eventually ended up working out. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just self-taught, um, still learning every day. I, I work alongside two other guys who run their own video production business mm-hmm. and we all collaborate together and every day I'm learning new things from them as well in terms of little ways to tweak and make edits better. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a fun thing to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and like it, it is such a, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but like we, we now live in a, in a time where you don't need to go to college necessarily or design school. Like if you have an interest for it and you want to continue to like learn and grow your abilities, like it, you can Google just about anything and kind of figure it out. And it seems like that's how you've done a lot of of learning so far. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. Uh, I made a video, I think a couple of years back, it's called quit your daydream. That video was talking about how if you have a daydream, if there's something you think about constantly in the back of your mind and you realize at the moment, maybe you're not fulfilled that you should chase after it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. take that leap. And a lot of the rhetoric I was using when I worked in sales at remote year was getting people to take the leap to travel and do a program like remote year. So for three years, I'm pretty much preaching to every single person I talk to is, you know, you should go for it. Yeah. Like don't quit your day. I wasn't actually saying don't quit your daydreams to them, but yeah. that, that, you know, like I said, rhetoric of go after what you want and go make it happen. And then it sort of eventually hit me where it's like, Hey, you know, my dream is to, to be a film director one day. And if I can maybe hone a business where still earn a full income on it, hone my craft of filmmaking, learn how to direct, learn how to do this. Um, then maybe it'll lead to doing feature films, which is ultimately my goal. Uh, so it was funny that when I did quit remote year, a lot of people gave me a hard time of, Oh, don't quit your daydreams. You just quit remote year. But, uh, no, it was, you were chasing your dream. Thank you. Thank you. You see, yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, but you did, you did mention, obviously, yes, it's great to kind of chase your dreams and go after, you know, what, what you want, but obviously you still need to make a living and pay rent and eat food and things like that. Um, how are things going on the financial side? You don't need to disclose all of your, (laughs) your checks that are coming into your chase sure. bank account. But you know, how, how are things going kind of like figuring out how to, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about how you've been budgeting projects and things like that, but like, how are, how is that going so far? Yeah. Uh, so, so far it's going great. Uh, this, this month has picked out, uh, picked up tremendously. Um, I did hit, I think what was it month three where I just finished some big projects and I thought like this video I did with Chase Bank and this other video I did with a Denver Startup Week. I was like, oh, for sure business is going to be rolling in now. Yeah. And then I was sitting there and for the whole month, I didn't have a single new client project. Uh, and that month I focused heavily on, okay, doing a bunch of cold outreach to people. No one was responding, cold emails, trying out different things, looking yep. at different sales tactics. And that's when I had a moment of like, okay, maybe this is more difficult than I thought. But yeah. I think one of the things I've 
I've always been fairly good at, not to toot my own horn, but is is just sort of having a positive outlook on things and having an attitude that things will work out. Um, but also being realistic about it as well, kind of keeping an eye on, okay, how much runway do I have with, with uh, finances? Where can I go? And I think I learned a little bit of that previously when I traveled, uh, when I worked at my old company um, before remote year. I mean, I was making peanuts and learned to sort of <laughs> get by yeah. uh, with, with not much money, but the experience I was having uh, was was in lieu of the pay and I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. So, um, so yeah, that, that kind of taught me to do what you love, uh, find something that you enjoy. Uh, and then eventually it'll, it'll start paying off. And I think I'm starting to see that now. That I like to hear that. And I guess part of that question for me becomes, you know, this was something that you really loved as a hobby and as like a, an escape, it seemed from like, you know, that your, your normal job, do you find it now that it is your like full-time thing that it has changed at all? Does it feel more like work than like play as it used to? Like, how has that dynamic been? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it, it's absolutely still there. Uh, I have day, I, some days like when I'm walking to work, I'm absolutely like in love with the day jamming music's going, everything's great. And then there'll be some days where it might be doing a tedious edit for a client uh, doing revisions, things like this, that, you know, it's not what I set out to do, but I think if you recognize that every job, every industry is going to have those moments of, you know, doing work that is not necessarily the most fulfilling thing of all time. Uh, you can't have every moment be the, right. the greatest moment of all time. Um, but I've definitely found this to be super rewarding and there is a whole new level of satisfaction that comes from building up your own, um, business or doing work that pertains directly to your name, you know, and you put a whole new level of devotion to it, so to say. And, and how are, you know, it is, it is your name and it's your brand. And, um, like, are you finding that most of business is kind of coming through, you know, your personal network and that it's referrals and, and is that how, you know, things are kind of trickling in is that people know Jarrett Nixon or are friends of Jarrett Nixon and they're, are kind of finding you that way? Yeah. So I've, I've been lucky. Most of it's been referrals. I felt like I had a, a pretty great network at remote year and, and through other, uh, avenues. So I, I feel pretty blessed that way. Um, yeah, I mean, this company is not something that I've spent thousands of dollars in, in marketing budget. You know, right. I'm pretty much bootstrapping it, finding new clients. And, and the best way I've found that to be is, is through referrals. And, uh, one of my friends, Lawrence, he turned me on to this book. It's called Key Person of Influence. And it, it just sort of talks about how if you can become that person who's known for X thing, you know, if it, yeah. it's video in this case, uh, in a certain city or in a, you know, a certain area, then the business will come to you. You know, you want to be that, that person who's sought after. You don't always want to be seeking. Uh, but in, in the first stages, you absolutely need to seek out yeah. your work and, and find a way um, to make it happen. But uh, referrals has proved to be a great method there. I'm um, now looking into other alternatives as well uh, in terms of just sales outreach and, uh, and hiring yeah. some people to help with that. Is that, is that in the, in the future as you want to, you know, obviously you've talked about wanting to build this team out. Like, is that something that you want to do rather quickly or do you feel like, you know, it's kind of something that you can own for a little while here and how, how, what maybe to take it a little further, you know, how do you want to continue to grow this? And like, where do you see the vision of the next year of next yeah. year moving? So I want to keep the staff small for now. Like, like I said before, it's, it's just me, but, yep. um, I do work very closely with, there's two other guys out in Colorado and then one other editor I have in Boulder, um, who we collaborate on projects and then work with each other. So for example, on a shoot, 
I will bring them in to be under the Nix Media name. You know, they'll yeah. be the videographers for that project. And then any future work that might come through that client come through, comes through my business. Yeah. And then they sort of do the same. So for their projects, they might bring me on to help be a cameraman or something like that. You know, and that yeah. will all be under that person's name. But the goal to scale in the future, I think I'm going to take it slow. Ultimately, I'd say a few years down the road, I want it to be something where we can be a bigger agency. I want us to have outreach in all the major U.S. cities and then grow mm -hmm. from there where we have these freelancers that are able to help out, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of using that model of finding talented freelancers who are really good at their craft. They can still keep their brand, everything about them. But if I find a client who finds Nick's media, for example, and comes to us, I can then go to that person who works in New York and then help with the creative direction. Right. They'll do the billing, but they actually do the, the shoot and the right. edit. Um, so that's what I'm hoping to eventually scale up to. I see. I see. So it seems it seems like you've got a pretty good network of people who are kind of like have have helped you build this along the way. But I do always like to ask this question of you did go and, and quit your job and start your own business. How does your family and close friends like how how has your support system been there of like you kind of taking this this crazy leap of faith of, you know, take, taking a very comfortable what would seemingly be a very exciting job to 99% of the population of traveling the world and living that lifestyle to now like kind of bootstrapping your own business. Like how is, how is your family and friends kind of taken that, that switch from you? Yeah, they've been extremely supportive and, you know, and I feel so lucky to, to have that uh, people who, you know, continue to push me to, to do better. And, you know, I know that if I should stumble or fall, they're not going to ridicule me in any way. And um, so that that's been instrumental, you know, and uh, I know that not every single person in the world has these types of networks to fall back on. Uh, and then to, if anyone's listening, you know, you just want to make sure you have a hold on knowing what backup options might be should something, yeah. fail, you know, and just kind of keep an eye on it. But you don't want to make too much of a plan B because you want to focus on, on plan A right. um, and, and making that happen as well. Um, but yeah, very supportive network as well. And it's great as well being on, for example, podcasts like this, where I know you're in the process of starting your own business, yeah. you know, and, and we can chat about, and we have been chatting about different things that we do and, you know, how do we spend our time each day and uh, how to not feel like a fraud and all these, <laughs> all these things. You inspire me. I don't know how much inspiration I'm giving you. It's a one way street really here. But no way, I, man. No way. I try, I try my best. Um, <laughs> I'll finish up with a few questions and you just tip me onto one that I've been, that I've been wanting to ask of like, I, I struggled so mightily figuring out how to like structure and fill my day as like, you know, not having a boss or a calendar or anything to like, set myself towards like how are you filling your days and you know balancing your time with your shooting and your outreach and your client work and your billing and all of that stuff that goes into you know being a one-man show yeah i think just having an ethic work ethic of okay i'm trying to work x amount of hours each day i should set forth a schedule um, but it is nice maybe some days i sleep in and then work later uh, i'm a person who likes to break up my day where i'll work pretty hard in the morning but then from noon to two o'clock, three o'clock, I might go to the gym, uh, go home, do some reading, something like that, and then get back into it, work a little later in the evening. Cause it's not your typical nine to five job. And, yep. um, yeah, it, it's tricky. Cause then some, some moments you go by and like, for example, it's snowed here and everyone's pumped about having a snow day. There's no work, but at the same time, if you're trying to build your own business, like there's no days off, baby. Of, uh, nice. I get to miss work, you know, because 
if I want <laughs> no days off. Yeah, and and I'm lucky where I do feel like each day inspired to go and and do something uh, and and actually make it happen, um, which has been good. You know, check with me in a few months, uh, but for now, for now, it's still still there. When you're in the depths of a Denver winter, we'll see how much you're like, you know, loving sitting inside every day, yeah. slaving away. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I'll, I'll, I will let you go. I have, I think this has been, I've, I've found this very helpful from you, like just to kind of hear what you're doing and, and your journey is awesome. Um, I know if people want to, if people want to find you or do some video work with you in the Denver area or really anywhere, it sounds anywhere. like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where's like email? What's the best way for people to, to reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, pretty much any social media you can find me. So, um, the company name is Nix media N I X. Uh, the website is nix.media. Um, but yeah, add me on Instagram. You can find me by my name. Um, email it's Jarrett at nix.media. Uh, you know, however, however the people are getting in touch these days. Well, thank you. I will close out the show with that. You have been a, a gracious guest and, I will, I'll, we're going to queue you up in the, in the description. People are going to find you <laughs> and reach out to you. I'm going to take a 20% commission and yep. it's going to be great. 20% commission of all future projects. Uh, no, man. Thanks so much for hosting me. Um, and yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. is a wrap on episode nine of destination different huge thank you to Jarrett nixon for coming on the show today he is bound to be doing some big things with his new company nix media someday soon we'll get together on a little yo pro destination different nix media collaboration but until then keep on listening to the show since i've given up on asking you to go in and subscribe and download and give reviews. I'm not going to do that here today. But this is actually episode one of year two of YoPro. I'm excited for some some big things ahead and, and trying to figure out how I continue to shape this podcast and the larger YoPro brand going forward. So I'm excited to bring this thing into 2020 and look forward to having each and every one of you along for that ride with me. One last thing, if you have any guests that you think might be a good fit on this show, we're always looking for new, weird, strange individuals who are uh, pursuing their own creative paths to have on for interviews. So if there's anybody that comes to mind, feel free to shoot me an email, slide into my DMs, whatever it might be. Um, would love to kind of keep that ball rolling and, and start to get some new connections on, uh, on this show. That's all for now. I will talk to you next week and stay weird.
Often I'm misunderstood So I'm looking for a better me This is your love song, baby I hope that you know the word 